listener. Welcome to the latest installment in our Throwback Thursday series. My name is Ryan. I am your host. Today on Across the Bifrost, we explore more of the world of Marvel's mighty Thor by going back to the beginning. Going and looking at three issues of Journey into Mystery. We are going to have a lot of fun on this episode. I seriously don't think I have laughed this hard in a long time. I can't wait for you guys to enjoy these issues with us and go back and enjoy some history of Marvel Comics. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you a way that you can help out the show is by going to iTunes, subscribing to Across the Bifrost, and giving us five stars writing us a review. That would help the show a lot. Get some more momentum behind us and make sure that other people can listen to the show, that it shows up more places and that more people can get on board the Rainbow Bridge and enjoy the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor with you, with me, with this whole crew we've got going on so far with the podcast. Again, I'm really excited for you to enjoy today's episode. So let's get into it with a special guest that I brought back just for you guys. We are ready to go for this week's Throwback Thursday. We're going to break down three issues of Journey into Mystery. It is going to be a lot of fun. We are definitely going to laugh a lot. And then uh, we're going to just learn more about Thor's great history. I brought along a guest to break down these issues with me today. Actually, our first returning guest, our first two-time guest. I brought Kim back, my wife, my partner in crime, to uh, uh, bring her into the fold with this series. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, babe, I'm, I'm glad you're here to talk Thor with me. Thank you for having me. It was it was really hard to like lock her down for this, uh, but we made it work. We moved some schedule stuff around. I'm just and, so busy. Yeah. So you read these three issues, and before we break into them, like what were what did you walk away with? I've I've got to know just on the front. So I've never read Thor. I've I've read very few comics in general, and this was my first experience reading Thor. And it was not what I expected at Ooh, all. Interesting. And I think I went into it thinking, oh, this is going to be like the MCU. This is going to be, you know, like what I know. And it was not. And so it's just as a, having to like regroup and be like, okay, different frame of mind. This is not the Thor that we know. This is not Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Anthony Hopkins. No, this is... Much to- different. Totally different. So, so uh, yeah, so you get a beginner's a beginner's eyes on some comics that, uh, I mean, gosh, are 60 years old. So we're... Next year. We're going to jump in the time machine. We're going to get started with Journey into Mystery, number 86, entitled On the Trail of the Tomorrow Man. So for this issue, there's no uh, there's no significant first appearances. We do get a first appearance of Zarko, the Tomorrow Man, the villain in this issue, um, but not exactly a prominent figure in Thor's Rogues Gallery. This issue was written by Stan Lee, uh, and it was actually scripted by Larry Lieber. 
Stan Lee wrote out the plot and Larry Lieber was the one that added the words in. And uh, as has been true for the last few issues, the legendary penciler Jack Kirby drew this issue. Like last episode, I want to read the summary that Marvel gives for this issue just to just to get us going uh, Jump before we jump into the pages. Summary goes like this. Weary of his peace-loving society 300 years in the future, the Tomorrow Man has traveled back to modern times to steal a deadly cobalt bomb. Using his powers to traverse time, Thor pursues the villain into the future, determined to bring the weapon back. This features the first appearance of Odin. Okay, I'm I'm getting a look. I just said there weren't any significant first appearances. This is the first time we hear Odin speak. We saw him in the last issue. This is the first time we really get to see a lot of him and we get to hear him speak. So I'll clarify myself right there. We jump into uh, the issue. Like last time, I'm going to walk through this page by page. We're just going to give you a summary, some of our thoughts, and we'll break the issue down that way. The opening page is a splash page where we see Thor surrounded by uh, these giant robots. And we see Zarko, the Tomorrow Man, um, you know, claiming that he's going to make Thor his prisoner and that uh, he is, you know, going to defeat him. So kind of just some some general villain stuff. Uh, But yeah, that's a, a pretty, pretty cool opening splash page on the first actual page of of text. We see Zarko in the future. There, there are three centuries uh, from now, which would be the 23rd century. We see that the world they live in is very peaceful, and Zarko just cannot deal with it. He cannot deal with how peaceful it is. He is determined to take over because he thinks it's going to be pretty easy uh, since the, uh, the people that he's surrounded with don't have a lot of... Uh, don't have a lot of evil or ambition in them. He he sees that it would be easy to go back and get bombs from the 20th century, so he uh, he hatches that plan to uh, to head back and get a bomb in a time machine. In a time machine. Whoa! More Doctor Who. Just kidding. Great. <laughs> We've noticed Kim's theme on the podcast. Fantastic. Uh, then the last panel of the page, it kind of sets up what Thor's doing at the time. He is helping the military test rockets. They are anti-missile missiles. Just take a second. Compose yourself. Anti-missile missiles. This is the height of the Red Scare, and it's just... It's very in, clear. Yes, very, <laughs> very apparent. So on page uh, on on page three, uh, we see Thor being a part of the testing. He catches up to uh, to a missile, and they're kind of using him as a guide, as like a how to tell how fast the missile is going and how they need to improve their weapons. Kind of just um, you know standard testing uh, testing stuff, I guess. You know it's. Nothing too crazy. You do get to see a cool little panel of Thor chasing down a missile. That's kind of cool. Um, what, was, what was that? <laughs> oh, you're just like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Missiles are cool, kids. I feel like Thor like should have said that in this issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so then we, we see Thor getting kind of uh, set up for this next test they're going to do. They're going to test the Cobalt Bomb. Dun, dun, dun. On page four, we see uh, said Cobalt Bomb, and they're about to... Uh, about to blow it up to test it against Thor. Thor's all wired up with these different patches and stuff. And and before the bomb explodes, this time machine comes out of nowhere. And a, a, a strange man in a green jumpsuit, in a bright green jumpsuit, gets out of the time machine. And he quickly steals the cobalt bomb before Thor has time to react. Um, somebody off panel in part of this page refers to it as the sea bomb Maybe doesn't age that well. Uh, yeah. So uh, Thor breaks out of all the wires they've got attached to him. And just as he's about to throw the hammer to, to hit the time machine before Zarko can get away, the time machine vanishes and the hammer goes through the time machine. It dematerializes. It, it dematerialized. I wonder if we can send an anti-missile missile after him. <laughs> On the sixth page, uh, we kind of see the fallout of them uh, realizing, you know, hey, we that was really weird, right? Uh, and Thor determines that he must go into the future to get the bomb before it can um, be detonated and harm people. Uh, as he says in one of these panels, I'm going to track down that tomorrow man. Kind of getting his, uh, his, the moniker Zarko has in this issue. In order to time travel, we see Thor head off and um, pray, speak to Odin um, so that he can have the power to go after Zarko in the future. Um, And that's kind of how the, the page ends. There's some interesting stuff in here about the hammer that is not... Yeah. In the MCU, just how much... Or even modern comics. How much the hammer can do and how much he uses it for more than just hitting stuff and calling lightning. So, like, here you see him go thud, thud, and the hammer's handle is a lot taller, too. And so he can... It's more of a mallet. It's, you know, what it is, is it's his cane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. It's his cane, so... um, it's very tall, so he can hit it on the ground. And when he hits it twice on the ground, it brings a thunderstorm. First the rain comes, then the wind, and then the thunder and the lightning. So on this page, I, I like that Kim mentioned the, the thunder and the lightning and the rain. Because there is a beautiful um, Jack Kirby art piece in this, the last panel. Yeah, the, the last panel. It is this... This dynamic depiction of, of lightning coming down and hitting the ground, and Thor is in this very strong pose, and, and it, he's praying. He's he's praying. He's he's entreating Odin to listen to his plea. He actually says, "I'm just going to read the 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 bit of uh, text here." Oh, mighty Odin, behold the plight of your eldest son Thor. Help me, help me, and it, it trails off until you go to the next page when you see Odin speak. He says, God of thunder, why hast thou summoned me? Thor responds, I ask of my father, Lord of Asgard, the power to journey into the future, to the unknown from whence this metal comes. Uh, we are we are seeing right now on page, it's page seven, this big 
big display of Odin, kind of like Simba Mufasa style here. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then on this page we see how the hammer travels through time. He, yes. Thor takes a takes some some uh, some binding some some leather. Uh, and he attaches a fragment of the time machine that Zarko used uh, that was left behind. He, he, he attaches this piece of metal to the hammer and he spins it real, real fast. And this kind of this cyclone, hurricane looking thing is formed. And then you see on the last panel on the page, the years going by. Yeah, so it says, your hammer has the power to spin faster than light to enter the fourth dimension of... The fourth dimension. Time! <laughs> there's a... There's just... Uh, I actually really like the last panel on this page with the, the years going by. It goes 1964, 1965, 1972, 1991. They missed my birth year by one year. 2013, 2086, and it kind of just trails on from there. On page eight, we see Thor's first interactions with the people from the 23rd century. They, uh, they kind of break down, you know, what Zarko's been up to since he came back. Apparently time doesn't, Time doesn't work the same way um, when they travel through, you know, dimensional um, barriers. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say. Well, I'm just saying, like, so much time has gone by since, since just a few moments ago when Thor saw Zarko steal the bomb. Uh-huh. Time has gone by because they've said they the people in this in this page oh, yes. say that Zarko has taken over the world. It's be- been like a month. Oh, right, right, right. It's Last been, month. Yeah, so it's been a month uh, in, in their time when Zarko is basically holding the world hostage with the cobalt bomb. We see Zarko send some guards after Thor because uh, Thor is, you know, he's on his way to, to Zarko's fortress. And uh, they're riding in land speeders. Yes, they are. They're, uh, so one of the panels on the bottom of this page, it's their bright yellow. Like space taxis. They look like land speeders from Star Wars. I land speeders from Star Wars, sure. They do they do they look do. like that. Yeah, they kinda of look like bumper cars with wings. Um <laughs> and then the last pa- panel on the page you see someone tilt uh breaking a tree off and uh landing it in front of these guards chasing Thor. On the ninth page, we see the guards crash into the tree, and Thor is running away, and a shadowy hooded figure, uh, who was the one that tilted the tree over, not Thor, he's running with Thor all the way back to Zarko's fortress. Zarko, because he's a villain, he's got to have trap doors somewhere. Of course. Booby um, traps. Yeah, yeah. And he so he gets Thor to fall through this trap door, and I love... I love, love, love that these older comics do this. As Thor's falling down the trap door, he just yells, A trap door! <laughs> oh no! Like, <laughs> there is in these older comics, they would literally just tell you, what is the person thinking? Hey, how about we just have them shout it? Um, so Thor, uh, letting, uh, letting everybody know that he has fallen into a trap door. 
he falls into this um, this room of mirrors. Magnetic M- mirrors. Ooh, magnetic mirrors. And they show you a uh, scene of Thor being thrown into the wall and then onto the floor. Into the wall, onto the floor. Um, that would be that would be funny for them to put into a movie. That would be funny. Uh, the next page on page ten, we see the uh, the threat that Zarko has uh, to Thor. He's pointing a big uh, ray gun at him. Right after Thor has an, really told Zarko what happened, who the hooded figure was. The hooded figure was actually him. Oh no! What a bait and switch. And then the man that was the man that Zarko thought was Thor was just uh, one of the one of the city folk yeah. um, that was you know helping Thor uh, civilian yeah a civilian yeah he was helping Thor uh, trick Zarko and Zarko is not one to to, to lay down uh, without a fight he grabs this this giant ray gun and he shoots Thor with it it's called a Delta Electron gun. And it's supposed to send him into another dimension that he can never escape from. That uh, that famous Stan Lee, Larry Lieber hyperbole there. Um, and Thor resists this in a very interesting way. He, he exhales his breath at hurricane force. Right, so he's not just the god of thunder. He's like storm all over. And, and this is his way of resisting being thrown into another dimension and Zarko is is trying to get away because his plan hasn't worked um and Thor uh, is going to pursue Zarko onto uh, the next page page 11 where we see Zarko has again gotten Thor into to a bit of a, of a situation where he all these giant metal robots are around him and they're they're closing in on him and one of the robots is able to grab the hammer. So you may know uh, from the famous inscription on the hammer that whoever is worthy can hold the hammer and possess the powers of Thor. I think it's one of those things where, like, the ro- the robot isn't alive, so... That's true. It, it, it can take it. I guess I didn't even think about that when I read it. Yeah, that's like one. That's uh, one of the things that isn't made very clear in the early yeah. episodes or issues of the... Of his run. But what is made clear, if Thor is not holding the hammer, a minute passes and then he's no longer Thor. He, he reverts back to Don Blake, yeah. Yeah. Sixty uh, He has 60 seconds to get the hammer back and, and they actually do a really cool thing on these pages. They count down the yeah. seconds, which I thought was a really cool inclusion uh, to add stakes to the panels as you're reading them. Um, it makes you read it faster. Yeah. Because you're like anticipating yeah. what's going to happen. On the next page, we see the countdown continue. And Thor is um, Thor is trying everything he can to get the hammer. And he uses a, a water pipe to, to, to... He busts a water pipe to try and short circuit all the robots with, with you know, filling the room with water. And he gets the hammer back. Um, and not a second too soon. They have it actually go down to one second, and then he grabs the hammer. Zarko is trying to get away on uh, his spaceship. Um, he's got the C bomb with him again. Oh no! Does 
<laughs> Maybe he doesn't age well. Um, and Thor, uh, on the last panel of this page, he decides he's going to stamp the hammer again. And he's going to, he says, let there be a storm. Storm! Storm! <laughs> I just picture him saying it, like, in a very, like, th- thespian way. Storm! And uh, he, he causes a storm to uh, disorient Zarko's uh, his spaceship, his, his rocket. And um, if only he would have had an anti-missile missile. Oh, man. That would have been super helpful. It would have been. The cobalt bomb falls out of the, the ship and, and Thor retrieves it. Then on uh, the last page we see uh, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of uh, medics taking away Zarko from the wreck of his spaceship. And Thor safely takes the cobalt bomb back to 1962. We get another kind of cool panel of of the twister of time going back to the year that Thor belongs in. We get our first appearance of Don Blake in the last three panels of this issue. And uh, it's another interchange between him and Jane where Jane calls him colorless Dr. Blake. Wish he could only be Thor. And um, I love this last little panel. When Don Blake says to himself, I wonder if Jane will ever suspect that some of us read about the news while some of us are too busy making the news. <laughs> and, like, he does this wink. Like, that Stanley, kudos, man. <laughs> kudos on the subtlety. It, it's, it, it was a fun little time travel adventure. You know, nothing, nothing too crazy. But we get to see, like you said... Him some powers that we didn't yeah. know Mjolnir had. And I didn't know Thor could just blow, like, hurricane wind. Yeah. That's, that's, that's new. To stop being sent to the to another dimension. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're going to get right into issue 87 of Journey into Mystery, the next issue in our in our series. And this one, guys, it's another issue all about communism thor fights communism this time and uh this issue is uh subtly it's very subtly called prisoner of the reds so subtle so subtle um this issue uh this issue uh really doesn't um i know i said this last issue and i was wrong but this time i'm pretty sure uh (laughs) it does not contain the first appearance uh, of any uh recurring characters of note it was um plotted by Stan Lee. It was scripted by Larry Lieber and the art was done by Jack Kirby. The summary we get from Marvel says Thor must head overseas to rescue a group of American scientists. Plus Jane Foster decides she loves Thor, not Donald Blake. (gasps) How could she? Natalie Portman, no. See, and I had a feeling you were going to mention that at some point in our in our talk because like we said last episode and, and like listeners just need to be maybe re- reminded of the Jane Foster we get in these comics is written very simply very one dimensionally she is there she's there to fawn over Thor she does but she also helps Don Blake yes she gives him his meds make sure he's eating enough are you dressed properly? You don't want to get a cold. Jane Foster is Donald Blake's mother. <laughs> <laughs> she Con- says that in this, like, something about playing mother hen. Well, well, 
we'll we'll be sure to get to it then. We'll oh, okay. break it down. So on this opening splash page, we see Thor. Uh, he's bound in these these giant like I don't know. They're, they're not really chains. They're like they're wrapped around like his torso and his his. Um, he's on like a table. It looks yeah, like. he's being restrained by uh, the 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 issue. This issue's Soviet menace. Um, and the the villain is um, saying, surely I will defeat you. Nothing Thor hasn't heard before. We we get a opening scene where um, another news bulletin is being given about, you know, the, the red menace and these missing scientists. Yep, scientists are going missing. Scientists are going missing. They're, no, they're defecting. They're oh, defecting. Yeah, they're defecting to the reds. So that's what this says right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then uh Don Blake decides that he's going to jump into action and uh, he says goodbye to Jane and uh who gives him his allergy pills and vitamins and stay make sure you stay out of the drafts so you don't catch a cold. I hope you don't present my playing mother hen. She really takes care of him, but she doesn't love him like she loves <laughs> Thor. She's like all about Thor and is like, ugh, this doctor, why can't he take care of himself? The idea that Donald Blake would be a romantic partner is just like, ha ha ha, don't be silly. Don't be silly. So the, silly. On page three, we see uh, Donald Blake approach a Colonel Harrison. You missed the most important part. I Donald Blake loves Jane. Well, we kind of already knew that, though. But he loves Jane. Yes, he does. But Jane loves Thor, so he's kind of... So never mind. So never mind. Harrison. Donald Blake goes to Colonel Harrison, who... um, Actually, he Colonel Harrison appears again in a uh, limited series later on in Iron Man, actually. Iron Man, the Iron Age, uh, that's just where he shows up next. But right now he is talking with Donald Blake about um, these missing scientists. And Donald Blake has a plan that he's going he's gonna to get caught. And that's his way of serving his country because Donald Blake knows that if he gets caught, he can do something about it. Later, as Thor. As Thor, yep. yeah. And, and we see kind of a few panels of, of him displaying... His, his Thor powers of flight and transformation before we go back to his lab and he's coming up with an experiment that will get him noticed yeah. enough to get captured. It's right. not a real, uh, it's not a real experiment. Doctor but... develops new virus for germ warfare. Ooh. Oh my gosh, so, this is maybe too relevant. So the, uh, wow, yikes. <laughs> so the uh, newspaper, newspaper says... On page four, we see someone, a mysterious figure, arrive to take a picture of Donald Blake with his new um, his new discovery. His new virus. Yes, his new germ warfare virus. <laughs> and as the photographer is setting up to take the picture, you see this green these green plumes of smoke and gas come out of the camera, and these fumes hypnotize Donald Blake. To the point where he's going to just walk out of the office, but not not until he's written a farewell note. I uh-huh. love that the the uh, the uh, communist spy photographer who's who's done this to Donald Blake 
just says, write a farewell note. <laughs> With an exclamation point. Yeah. Write a farewell note! It, uh, it's real, Probably in a deep voice, though. Uh, you were probably better. It's a real that. polite command, but uh, written in a really rude way. <laughs> um, and then you see uh, the photographer, who is clearly a, a communist spy, uh, take Donald Blake prisoner, and then on page five, we see a, um, a depiction of the Kremlin uh, there uh, on that first panel. And Donald Blake wakes up in a in a cell with all the other kidnapped scientists who uh, were said to have defected. They didn't. They fell to the same fate Donald Blake This did. would just be so much easier if this was a video because you could just do Air quotes. Air, yes. If I slow down and say something slowly, I am doing it in air quotes. In air quotes. We see, um, we see the uh, communist soldiers split up all of the scientists because there's strength in community and unity, so they want to break them up. And it actually works into Donald Blake's plan because he says, well, awesome, they just did my work for me, now... As I transform into Thor, none of the scientists uh, will know. Will know. Yeah. Then on page six, we see Donald Blake transform into Thor inside this fortress um, that he refers to as the Fortress of Evil. Oh my gosh! So ominous, and we see Thor uh, do a few things with his hammer on this page. That, uh, like Kim said earlier, we don't see this happen all too often. He he whirls the hammer around so fast that he creates a shock wave, and the stones f- like become Break. yeah they become like loose enough for him to run through the wall. And then as he as he comes upon these these communist soldiers, he rubs the sides of the hammer's. Uh, uh, the head metal head uh really fast and it creates sparks of electricity that um you know the soldiers can't see as these sparks are going off one thing i really love about this page is the first soldier that sees thor come through the door says he carries a hammer like our hammer and sickle emblem is he one of us and the next soldier says fool he is the one the western world calls thor the thunder god the thunder god i love that calls him the thunder god even though they're behind the iron curtain these guys have a very current knowledge of what's going on in western uh superhero lore (laughs) On the seventh page, we get my favorite panel of this issue of Thor. Thor is uh, running after the rest of the, uh, the the communist soldiers in the fortress. And, and then what happens? He falls into a trap door. No, he doesn't. I've stumbled into a trap. But it, like the, the floor falls out from underneath him and he falls into a pit of... Sharks. Man-eating sharks. Man, yes, yes. Man-eating. man-eating sharks, and Thor says you can't take them on, you know, one by one. So he creates this whirlwind, uh, like a like a funnel almost, a whirlpool, a cyclone, yeah, a whirlpool. whirlpool. Yeah. And uh, it makes the sharks just really, really dizzy. And um, he says at the end here, like, oh man. When that whirlpool starts to die down, they'll they'll still be too dizzy to menace anyone else. So Thor humanely takes care of sharks. 
He doesn't kill them. He does not kill the sharks. He he humanely uh, disposes of them. He makes them ooh, he takes, vertigo. <laughs> he takes them out of the fight. So then uh, we see Thor get, uh, as he's coming out of the, the, the pit of um, sharks, he gets jumped by uh, communist soldiers again. And we see him get... Uh, uh, get separated from his hammer, and they chain him up in these electrically treated chains. I do not know how to electrically cheat, electrically treat a chain. Apparently, these communist scientists like do. hook it up to electrodes. Maybe I, I have no idea. But it's either. it's it's, uh, it's wires. Yes, yes, wires. And um, Thor initially he panics. He's like, "Oh, I'm separated from my hammer. If I if I'm separated for sixty seconds, I'll revert back to Don Blake." But actually, in this case, it works because as Don Blake, he's able to slip through the chains because he's super frail. Yes, he's skinny. He's frail and skinny. He gets out. He gets the hammer, and then he frees the other scientists from their individual cells by doing another thing we haven't seen the hammer do. He whirls it around and he creates a tunnel underneath with the hammer. That's scientifically impossible. It, yeah, science doesn't know what to do with this Thor guy. And um, yeah, the other scientist says, you know, it's, yeah, this is from a source beyond science. It is the power of a Norse god. Ooh. On page nine, we see all the scientists get free. And Thor says, I'll go back for Donald Blake. <laughs> cheeky, little, cheeky. Little do they know. Thor is Donald. (gasps) What? Dun, dun, dun. And uh, we see Thor jump uh, some of the uh, communist uh, officers as they're coming around the corner. And he creates this giant storm. By? Thump, thump. Thump, thump. He creates a thunderstorm. He calls upon the powers of Odin. He, uh, I really like these over-the-top, um... These, the summoning of the power. I'm just going to read this one. O mighty Odin, greatest of the Norse gods, hear thy eldest son. Unleash the, thy fury, father. Destroy this citadel of evil. Does thy mother know you wearest her drapes? <laughs> ah, good one, good one. We see the, the, the citadel of evil, the, the communist fortress, fall. And um, on the next page... The last page of this issue, we see the entire fortress in rubble. The scientists are, are met by Donald Blake again uh, as Thor is reverted back to, to his frail form. And uh, they jump aboard a boat and they head back to um, they head back to the U.S. There is one interesting little comment in here that uh, one of the side characters makes. Um because in previous uh, episodes of the Throwback Thursday series, I said that communist characters are always written very harshly and unsympathetically. But one character before they leave Russia says this comment: "Just remember that even in a slave nation, the spirit of freedom never dies." Maybe that's a little bit of Stan Lee's optimism yeah. shining through there. Um, and uh, we get back to Jane and Donald Blake in, in the medical office again. And Jane, Kim, I feel like you, you've got a good... I have a good... You want me to a read good, all this? A good, you've got a good read on Jane. I feel like you should read this. Um, so Thor freed you all and then destroyed the fortress? Is it any wonder that I'm so in love with him? 
I suppose not, Jane. Jane, my darling, how I long to take you in my arms, to tell you how Thor loves you, but I dare not. Heaven help me, I dare not. I know I'll never find Thor, but I'll never stop dreaming and hoping and praying. That is... (laughs) End scene. That is the the tone and the flavor of Stan Lee writing romance in the 1960s. Uh, this, This issue is, uh, again, it's one of those pieces where it's such a product of the time. Uh, this comic, I think it's safe to say, this comic would not get written today. Um, I don't think there would really be any use for it today. That's why it, it feels very 1962, um, and in its context, it probably made sense to a lot of readers. Yeah. But to us, reading it back almost, you know, what... 60 years. 60 years later, um, it seems silly and campy and over the top because it is, and it was definitely written for the time. Well, was, yeah, it was hip with the times. Yeah. That's what that's what people were terrified of. Then. Yeah. Uh, so that is issue 87 of Journey into Mystery. Moving on now into issue 88 of Journey into Mystery. This issue is entitled The Vengeance of Loki. So, you can probably tell from the title, we get a return of Thor's brother, who is back to menace Thor again. Uh, this issue is written by, again, Stan Lee and Larry Lieber, penciled by Jack Kirby. And here is the summary that Marvel gives for this issue. Witness Loki's most humiliating defeat. Wow, that's uh, we're off to a great start. Uh, Witness his most humiliating defeat as Thor outwits his brother with a clever plan that has to be read to believe. <gasps> so we get this uh, over-the-top summary of this issue, and it is a lot of what Kim alluded to earlier in the episode uh, about is being crazy is this issue. It's very over the top. <laughs> it kind of doesn't make sense. But. but it is a lot of fun. So on page one, we get this big splash page where we see uh, Loki and Thor uh, just uh, getting ready to battle. Uh, it says, once again, Loki, the most dangerous of the Norse gods, returns to give the mighty Thor his greatest challenge. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> That's like your signature thing now. <laughs> so on page two, we see uh, we see where we left off Loki, and uh, it's a callback to when Loki was thrown across the Rainbow Bridge, the Bifrost, for ding, which ding, this ding, pod- ding, 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 ding. <laughs> for which the- every time we say the word Bifrost, we will ring the bell. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Uh, we see uh, how Loki returned to Asgard, and Odin. Um, Odin doesn't know what to do with him at this point, but Loki is very, very uh, committed to finding a way to beat Thor. And now, since he's been defeated by Thor once, he's looking for any way to defeat him. And he finds out on this page that Thor and Donald Blake are one and the same. Tis true, he does find that out. In fact, uh, Loki... He does a little trickery. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of Loki mischief in this issue of Journey into Mystery. And uh, Loki is actually one of the first villains to realize that Donald Blake and Thor are the same person. 
So he he's actually he might be the first person in uh, Journey into Mystery to know Thor's alter ego. I hadn't even thought about that. Besides Donald Blake. <laughs> well, yes. And probably Odin, right? Yeah, Odin. I uh, I think they touch on that later on in Journey into Mystery, how Odin, like, it was Odin's plan that Donald Blake become Thor, or Thor became Donald Blake. Um, on page three, we see Loki, uh, who is, he's up to no good again. He's trying to find a way back to Midgard, because Odin has... Um, basically said, you're not, you're not going back. You're going to stay here. We're going to punish you. And, uh, Loki transforms himself into, uh, the first animal of the issue. He transforms himself into a snake and slithers past Heimdall, the guardian of the Bifrost. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) And he, uh, he slides down the rainbow bridge and is headed back to Midgard to get Thor uh, the last panel on this page is really, really. Um, it's really cool. It's really cool. It's a, it's a big cosmic Jack Kirby uh, landscape, where you see the the Bifrost in the. Ding four- ding 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 ding. It's gonna get real old, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> One might say it already is. <laughs> hey. I'm kidding. In the foreground, we see the Rainbow Bridge, and in the background, we see planets and stars and. Um, big cosmic clouds and and Loki is on the rainbow bridge sliding down in a very trickery way yeah he's got kind of this prancing pose to him (laughs) Um, on page four we see Loki's first uh, scheme on Midgard where he goes to the office of Donald Blake and he is disguised as this old man in a green in a green suit and a fake beard and he mesmerizes, hypnotizes Jane Foster to let him in and to let him back into Donald Blake's office. Donald Blake says, well, you're not one of my patients. And he, uh, Loki responds with, getting past a mere mortal is no problem for the god of mischief. And then, <laughs> I just imagine like a little like... Yeah, like, he's got a real like... Uh, like Joker. Yeah, I, I, I thought kind of like a Disney villain... Kind of, uh... Well, yeah, not Dark Knight Joker. I'm talking, like, eight, <laughs> like, 90s Joker. Yeah. Off-panel, you see just Donald Blake yelling, Ah, oh, Loki! And, uh, <laughs> Do it again. Ah, <laughs> oh, Loki! <laughs> uh, then Donald Blake turns into Thor. By what? Thump. Thump. He turns into the God of Thunder. And on page five... We see them. Uh, we see them agree to fight each other later on in Somewhere Central else. Park. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of odd. Uh, they just they're like, let's not fight now. Let's fight an hour from now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and as Donald Blake is, uh, he Thor turns back into Donald Blake to leave the office. Um, he makes up some excuse and tells Jane uh, that he'll he'll be back later. Jane's still hypnotized. Though. And Jane is still hypnotized because you hear her you hear her thought bubble. Um You read her. You read her thought bubble. <laughs> um, after he leaves, I must leave too, as I have been commanded. So Loki has has uh, has still hypnotized her and he's got a plan that involves Jane. Yes. Thor flies out the window and uh the onlookers um It's almost what? like Superman. Is yeah. it a plane? 
Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the onlookers says uh, he's speeding across the uh, across the sky. You bet he's on the trail of someone. It's like, I'm sure glad it's not me. That's a weird inclusion. <laughs> like, I sure hope he's not after me. I can see the guy next to him in the crowd being like, "Should should he be after you? Like, why would you? That's a weird thing. Why to s- Why would you be worried about that? <laughs> why would you say that? <laughs> why would you be worried about that unless you did something bad? Exactly. I'm suspicious of you, guy yeah. in the audience. <laughs> uh, then we we see Thor land in Central Park. Loki is already ready for their battle there, and. Um, I love the lead-in to the next page here on the last panel. Thor says, uh, You deceive yourself, Loki. Though I cannot match you power for power, I have one weapon which you cannot match. And then there's this there's this pause, and on page six, The Invincible Hammer of Thor! Oh. And a, like, there's a big panel where the... It's the, just the hammer, really. The hammer is coming at you as the reader... And uh, Loki dodges the hammer as we see a familiar nurse come into the background. Yes. Jane Foster is there, and Loki uh, conjures up uh, this tiger out of a... He turns a tree into a tiger, one of his, again, his many tricks in this issue, and he sends the tiger after Jane in in a way to distract Thor... To make Thor choose between going after Jane or going after his hammer. And Thor is caught in between this uh, this decision of should he fight the tiger, should he grab the hammer, because he doesn't have it right at the moment. So, interesting, I just thought about this. Okay. So, in the MCU, Thor is able to call the hammer back to him. Yeah. And it just, like... Almost like Harry Potter style, flies into his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the comics... That is not the case, and so it really is this. If I don't go after the hammer, I won't be Thor anymore. Or yeah, he won't be Thor anymore. Yeah, it is yeah. It, um, the whole sixty seconds thing. I'm not sure when it gets phased out, but it does get phased out at a point where it's trying trying to give him stakes. I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's the um uh they talk about it. His Achilles heel. It's his Achilles heel. Yep. Yeah. So Thor is caught in this decision he has to make. And he chooses that he's going to fight off the tiger so that he can save Jane, and he leaves the hammer, and Loki is in the back saying, I knew you would, uh, I knew this would be your choice, you fool. Always the fool. And there's or a, imbecile. Yeah, yeah, he, he's always very, uh, very cutting with his words. And we see Thor fighting the tiger, that's a, a cool little uh, piece And uh, of right Jane there. is passed out. Yes, Jane passes out. Which is uh, important to the story. Yes, it is. That will come into play in a little bit. Because on page seven, after fighting the tiger, Jane's passed out, but he doesn't have his hammer, so he turns back to Donald Blake. And the hammer is just sitting there on the on the ground, and Loki makes a magical force field around it to keep Donald Blake from grabbing the hammer again. Right. And he uh, he says over over the the fragile doctor, he says. You shall never again possess the powers of Thor. Thus, I have defeated you. <gasps> and Loki then turns into like a dove-looking bird. I think it's a pigeon. It is. Oh, it is a pigeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He says that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he turns into a pigeon and flies away. And and you just get this really, you know, it's really quick little uh, uh, speech bubble from the bird. Farewell. <laughs> 
He's so polite. Here's someone just walking around in the park like, did, did that bird just talk? <laughs> <laughs> a very polite bird. On page eight, we see uh, Donald Blake uh, wakes Jane up from her hypnosis. She's not hypnotized anymore. Right. And she... Uh, and she's no longer passed out. Yes. Yeah. They wake up and uh, Loki no longer has any power over her. And they head back to the, uh, the office. And then Loki, we cut back to Loki. He is on uh, his... He begins his rampage where he is putting tricks on everybody. Uh, he turns them into negatives. No, blank, blank beings. And they've turned us into nothings. Nothings. Basically, yeah. it's it's like a silhouette of a character, but uh, but white. Yes. It's just completely blank. And then, this is possibly the the funniest part of our our throwback Thursday series yet. Loki, uh, that dastardly guy, he he does his next trick, where he turns the whole world into candy. Into candy and ice cream. I don't understand. I don't get it either. But what's really funny? <laughs> There's some great speech bubbles here. Really good. Oh, let's just let's just read it. You start with that one, and I'll, okay. I'll, I'll go next. The building, all the brick and cement, it's turning into candy. I don't believe it. There's no such thing as cars made of ice cream. The sun is melting my convertible. There's a guy on a bike um, who's ch- who's trying to get a bunch of dogs away. He's like, "Hey, stop licking licking my bicycle!" <laughs> <laughs> and oh. Loki says he hasn't had this much fun in centuries. Uh, yeah, See, that's we, that's the thing that I think is interesting about Loki because the Loki I know is not not like trickster like. Hey, I'm tricking to have fun. It's like I'm evil, so yeah. I'm I'm doing things. So I, like, ambitiously, but he's more just, like, trying to mess with people. Yeah, these these feel more like pranks. Yes. Um, he's not, like, he's not hurting anybody. He's just kind of, like, playing with them. Yes. So. There's, like, no conquest involved. No, 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 no. He's up to, he's literally just up to mischief. Yes. Here. So then we see uh, kind of a weird detour from the candy world. Um... Where Loki is flying over, uh, over the Arctic, and he sees a Soviet plane dropping a bomb. Uh, it's an atomic test of the Soviets' capabilities, and Loki does a weird thing here. You would think like he would be on the side of evil here, right? But when the bomb, when the bomb is about to hit the water, he uses his powers to. Like make it a dud. Yeah, it's make it ineffective. It literally goes plink. And the thought, the the not the thought bubble, the speech bubble from the plane then says, "We failed. How can we face Nikita now?" Obviously referring to Nikita Khrushchev, the the leader of the Soviet Union. It is interesting that even the villains in Marvel comics do not sympathize with, with this- communism. Interesting, because Loki is the he's he's the most evil of the Norse gods, but even he <laughs> he's the most dangerous. Yes, they didn't call him the most evil. But 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 even he is like no, I I'm not gonna side with those commies. You know that even the villains wouldn't stoop so low to be uh, communist sympathizers. It's just an interesting thing. 
It is interesting. Yep. On page 10, we see that Donald Blake is is coming up with a plan. He's trying to figure out how he can get through this magical force field to get the hammer and turn back into Thor. Meanwhile, we see uh, Loki. He's continuing to menace the world, and he has this uh, really funny <laughs> interchange with a bunch of soldiers where uh, they're about to shoot him. They're, they're all lined up, and they're about to... To shoot Loki, and then he he calls them fools and always, 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 always fools. And as they're as they're about to shoot him, he turns their rifles and their bazookas uh, into these like flying. <laughs> Like in Harry Potter, the flying keys, just imagine the keys are guns. Yeah, they they, they, yeah. they sprout wings and they fly away before they can before they can uh shoot Loki. And then Donald Blake, um This is my favorite panel of this whole okay, thing. Okay, why don't you go ahead and read it then? He he finds a way to get around, you know, his his hammer being in the, the force field, and he literally snaps. I've got it I think it's just so funny that he literally Snaps and they draw the snap in the panel. They they don't want anything left up to the imagination. No, <laughs> I've got it. On page eleven, we see uh, we see Donald Blake's plan come to fruition. Uh, uh, the first part of his plan is uh, he he sets this like piece of fake news uh, up in the newspaper where. He says that Thor will return to defeat Loki, but Loki knows that Donald Blake can't get to the hammer right now. So his ego is almost his ego is damaged in a way where he's like, "This is impossible. I'll go back to the hammer and make sure that Donald Blake you know, can't get back to it." So then we see who we believe to be Thor back at the uh, location where the hammer is, and Thor is saying, "Ah, I've been expecting you." Loki knows it can't be Th- Thor. Uh, so he he takes the shield off of the hammer to make sure the hammer's still there. And while when he does that, Donald Blake appears from behind. What we find out is a cutout, it's a plastic a no, dummy. it's a plastic dummy of Thor. And he touches the hammer. Donald Blake turns into the real Thor. So the trickster has been out tricked. Yes. Uh, which is kind of just a little cool, uh, a, a fun thing there. On page 12, we see uh, the craziness of this issue get even crazier. Uh, Loki <laughs> Loki turns into a puff of smoke, and he turns into a pigeon again amongst a flock of pigeons. Correct. And Thor uh, doesn't, he doesn't know how to figure out which pigeon is which. And then you just see this over-exaggerating, like, running panel where uh, he just he runs off in a really weird posture there's one way to find out there's one way and he says if there's anything pigeons like it's peanuts so he grabs a thing of peanuts and he throws them at the pigeons and the one pigeon that doesn't go after the peanuts he assumes must be loki and loki (laughs) blast it thor tricked me into revealing myself so the, like, just uh, go after the peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no, but this is like Thor out tricking the trickster. Yes. Uh, so he, um, uh, Loki, the pigeon Loki, flies away, <laughs> and uh, Thor. Uh, there's a game of tennis happening nearby. Again, listener, I'm not making this up. This was written in a book for people to buy. Um, 
this tennis match is happening uh, behind Thor, so he grabs the tennis net, and on page 13... Well, and he says, sorry, gentlemen, but right now, I need this net more than you do. <laughs> Guy's like, we were mid-volley. <laughs> <laughs> then he, he flies away with the net, and uh, just as... Uh, there's a little bit of thought bubble here that's just so funny, that uh, Loki says, I'm about to change into a rocket and vanish, but then Thor grabs him with the big tennis net, returns him to Earth, and uh, Loki, uh, in his little thought bubble after he's been caught, says, you know, oh, they'll they'll learn to fear me again. I'll get my revenge. And then Loki is taken back to Asgard by Thor. On the? By Frost Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and um, Odin, Odin ends the issue saying, I know not what to do with him, referring to Loki. He grows more wily, more dangerous, more uncontrollable every hour. We must pray that the world will never see the day when his powers exceed that of the mighty Thor. Thunder, the lightning. En- the end. The end. So, that was the wildest, craziest issue we've had yet. Cars melting because they're made out of ice cream. Peanuts being thrown. Tennis nets being the weapon of choice. <laughs> Um, Just ridiculous. Uh, so, Kim, what did you think of these three issues of the Mighty Thor in Journey to Mystery? Well, Ryan, thank you for asking. I would say, um, you know, it was my first experience reading Thor comics. It was definitely entertaining. I laughed a lot um, just because, you know, some of it's just ridiculous and yeah, funny. Yeah. So, um I laughed a lot. I did enjoy it. I enjoyed breaking it down with you for the listeners here on Across the Bifrost. And bring me back next time. She will be returning uh, in the uh, pages of the Throwback Thursday uh, series soon, listener. Thank you for listening to us break down these three hilariously uh, fun issues of Journey into Mystery. That is it for the show, everybody. Hope you enjoyed these three issues of Journey into Mystery today. I want to thank Kim for stopping back on the show and enjoying some comics with us. It was her first experience reading Thor. I know she laughed a lot, and I know that she learned some things, and I hope you did as well. Hope you got to laugh. Hope you got to learn a little bit more about Thor. Some ways that you can reach out to us, mainly on social media, we are on Instagram at Across the Bifrost, and we are on Twitter at Across Bifrost. Those are the two main ways you can reach out to us. We would love to talk with you, get a follow from you, and maybe you can uh, DM us some of your thoughts on these comics. We would love to get some feedback from you as well. One of the main ways we mentioned at the beginning of the show, one of the main ways you can help out the show is by going to iTunes, subscribing to Across the Bifrost giving us five stars, writing us a review. That really helps get momentum behind the show and it ensures that more people can listen, more people can join us as we journey into mystery on the Rainbow Bridge. Before we head out today, I want to announce a special bonus episode that we are going to release this weekend for Father's Day. We are going to do a special All Father's Day special 
for Father's Day on the 19th. I hope you were able to uh, download that over the weekend and enjoy that. Celebrate uh, some of the father figures in your life and enjoy our deep dive into Odin. We're going to look at the All-Father himself, have some fun with that. We're bringing on a few special guests for that show as well. We cannot wait to jump aboard the Rainbow Bridge with you in the future, listener. Have a great rest of your day, and remember, stay worthy.